Welcome to the Rugby Rant Podcast Show, your premier North American rugby podcast. Growing rugby, one fan at a time. And welcome, rugby fans. It's that time again here on the Rugby Rant Podcast Show, episode 141, to join myself, Ty the Sapper Braga, Rob the Hammer Hammerschmidt, and returning on another occasion, Mike the Grand Poobah Perizzini. Uh, Mike, again, I don't even think I have to say thanks for coming here. I just feel like <laughs> up for your shift as per usual um we're gonna run out of merch to send mikey uh <laughs> yeah. pretty soon we're gonna have to like uh i don't yeah. know give him some target or, or, or i said uh, it before though or something like rob that. as long as he stays at 39 and a half hours we're good um <laughs> so uh you know it's it's important to be able to take the opportunity to remind folks what we do here on the rugby rant and of course talk about everything rugby related but more specifically focusing on on rugby in North America as we hope to be able to help grow rugby one fan at a time. And that's why here we gather as a couple of fans of rugby to be able to share what we know about the game. And as we continue forward, we're also going to be diving into an interesting debate, which will have us pegged against one another to be able to put forth who we think are some of the great heroes of the 2023 season, including our picks in who might be the rookie of the year, the MVP, best forward, best back, standout player, and everything else in between. So stick around because first we're going to learn more about the rugby news from across the realms and around the pitch. When we pick up the ball, we also pick up a legacy. A legacy that stretches beyond your current team. A legacy built on the backs of those who came before you with hard work. And for those who will come after you, we promise it won't be easy, but we'll be there, supporting you on and off the field. So, gentlemen, you know how it goes, but a reminder for those fans at home how it works is we're going to go around the table a couple of times here to be able to share what we think fans should learn about, what is noteworthy, what is newsworthy when it comes to rugby in North America. And we're going to start this off with Rob Hammerschmidt. Thank you, Ty. And again, welcome back, Mikey. It's always good and a pleasure to have you jump aboard I'm going to start off my around the pitch with a big congratulations and shout out to the New England Free Jacks for a number of reasons. Obviously, they they are the number one seed in the East. They've had a heck of a regular season. We'll talk maybe more a little bit about them during the rant. But Veterans Memorial Stadium in Quincy, Massachusetts was sold out for Week 18. CEO Alex Magleby reported that 4,766 seats were sold. A lot of folks in attendance there. Obviously, this is a record in the 47 to 24 hiding of the Houston Sabercats. I was looking forward to that match simply because it pits one of the East playoff teams with the West playoff teams. And, you know, people have been talking about the East is a little, uh, you know, it's not as strong as a conference, but I think when you look at them head to head, that's a, a better way of comparing them. Nevertheless, the attendance was a franchise or is a franchise record. Awesome to see. I know we're always concerned about attendance because, of course, it's one of the vibrant ways 
to keep the league afloat. So it's good to see and congratulations to the Free Jacks and shout out to Phil Harris. I guess I'll have to say it. Huzzah. <laughs> I love it. Of course, Phil Harris, a, a friend to rugby everywhere, but in particular the show as well, having joined us on several occasions. Uh, and, you know, one thing I wanted to, to, to be able to revisit there, you said it's a, it's a great success story, you know, to be able to see attendances like this. Anybody, uh, you know, as a fan of rugby in the U.S. wants to see those numbers continue upward. Um, and especially when you get down into these difficult moments where it's knockout rugby, even more important to have all those seats filled. So a great job to the Free Jacks fans. Uh, for yeah. coming out in their droves to show support to their team and players. Yeah, and, and, and by the way, before we go, get, turn it over to Mike, I got to say, folks, if you're watching, uh, if you can at all, even if you're not of a fan of the two fa- the two teams that make it in the final, come out, show up. Uh, right. We're going to be doing some things. I, I'm talking to Matt Cartwright, of course, Seattle fan. He's coming out regardless of whether Seattle's there or not. And we're going to be going out, reaching, talking to fans. Ty, hopefully, is going to be joining me here in Chicago and we're going to be talking to fans, really trying to engage the fans of rugby that have come to show or that will be coming to Chicago right. to enjoy the final. So I just want to throw a shout out there. Exactly that, right? You don't have to have your team in there to be able to show support for American rugby as a whole, or at least in this case, North American rugby, I should extend it to. Yeah. Mikey, I throw it over to you, my friend. I was going to say, uh, news out of the women's rugby game this week, uh, Canada rugby, USA rugby, and Australia rugby all set their larger rosters for the World Rugby Pacific Four Series. And so that, for those that don't know, it's Canada, USA, Australia, New Zealand, all playing against one another. I believe the first leg has already happened, and so they're going into legs two, three, and four. Good to see that they're setting their larger rosters, and it's good, you know, to see the women's games growing. Hopefully, you know, we get some nice uh, competition out of, you know, the remaining games. Yeah, and I'm going to stay on that topic for a moment about women's rugby. And uh, back in my neck of the woods, Des Moines, Iowa, we have the uh, national championships for the all-star championships, I should say. Um, And that's going to be taking place for the women's game under 23s. I bring this up for two reasons. One, it's going to be great to be able to give uh, an opportunity to these young ladies to be able to showcase what they've got, to be able to put their hands up and say that they're willing to be able to support this nation at the highest level, be a part of that next generation, uh, to be able to take it on to senior honors. And I think there's about six teams being represented geographically that come across from all over the country. Um, But not surprisingly, you see a large contingent from the Midwest area, which is heavily represented um, and representing his, a, a team will also be a fan of our show. A great friend is TJ Olson from the bonus point podcast. I'll be hanging out with him this weekend. So it'll be a, a great opportunity to see some wonderful rugby June 23rd to June 25th. Um, and that's at the Des Moines rugby club um, who recently, by the way, was uh, home to John Cullen as well, who leaving there made his way to the Chicago Hounds. So, you know, certainly uh, rugby in the Midwest is alive and well. We once said it was a bit of a desert, but uh, it's great to be able to see it continuing its growth. Rob Hammerschmidt, back to you. Thanks, and uh, enjoy, uh, TJ. You're in a metropolitan area to go out. It should be comparative to Chicago. At any rate, and Ty, say, say we got bright city lights too. Yeah, <laughs> amongst all the cornfields. Uh, but Ty, when you come I, to Iowa, the one person you want to be able to carry you around and be your tour guide is a guy not from Iowa. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Preston should be there too. Get a chance to say hi to my project. He's there with the St. Louis Bombers. 
uh, for the sevens tournament coming this weekend. So, oh, um, fantastic. It's a, yeah, it's a qualifier. So uh, I want to get into uh, my next around the pitch piece. You know, it's kind of to make light of something, but I have to wonder if the MLR paid their bills this week. <laughs> it was like a, a confluence of factors, and I, very little of it had to do with the MLR, so I just, but in case somebody missed it, three games, some very interesting things happened with uh, the power uh, about 65 minutes into the NOLA match versus Toronto in uh, York Lion Stadium. Uh, lights went out. Fortunately, it was, you know, there was still enough light daylight to play uh, but it was just kind of funny, stalled the game for a couple minutes. Uh, then the time, the banners, the announcer, the ref audio, uh, and then all the audio in the San Diego-Seattle match uh, died on the TV broadcast. Uh, thanks, uh, Liz um, Allcraft, for, for reminding me about that. And then the Free Jacks-Houston match uh, was supposed to be on FS1. That's where it was announced. It was certainly on the ticker there for, for people to record. And alas... Uh, if they recorded it, it was the USFL instead, uh, like the New Orleans Breakers against somebody else. Who cares? Nevertheless, uh, you know, unless they had their their recording set up to also do FS2, they had to wait 24 hours. So a little bit of a bummer in week 18. But you know what? The playoffs are arriving and those should tick off like an absolute machine. So looking forward to week uh, first weekend of playoffs. I like it. Mikey, over to you again. Back up north again. You know, up here in Albany, we're so close. Um, basically, Canada. Um, <laughs> the U18 uh, Canadian men's side is going to uh, Corridon uh, Summer Tour in Amsterdam. Um, it's hosted by Rugby uh, Netherlands. I believe it's five separate teams. Uh, they're all playing against one another. Uh, great tour a great chance for you know the u18 canadian side to really you know get their stuff and you know prove their medal um and so they believe they've set their initial roster and yeah looking forward to you know they're going i think believe the first or second weekend in uh in july so it'll be good to see you know how they do and you know hopefully these are some of the future stars that we'll be seeing in years to come uh for rugby canada yeah, and it's so interesting that you see, uh, and I and I might be wrong, but I think previously I saw them sending a U20 side there as well, but it would be an interesting move to be able to focus on a U18. Like if you've got limited funding and you had to be able to give more to one over another, I kind of see the logic in giving it to a younger player mm-hmm. who has more opportunity to be able to grow and a longer period to be able to, to become that player. Right. So it'll be interesting to be able to see what Canada has in store, but it's nice to be able to see them sending uh, players overseas to get that experience. As we all know, it's absolutely vital to any player development to be able to increase the level of competition. And that's exactly what they will get there. So let me take the opportunity to dive into my last and final piece as we turn our attention back to Major League Rugby. And on this occasion, another measurement of success. We spoke about fan engagement. Now we talk about money. Where does that often come from? Investors. And old glory DC can count themselves fortunate enough to be able to have some key uh, people join their investor circle, most notably minority owner of the Washington Nationals, Peter Baker, uh, in addition to some uh, award winners, uh, Verdine, I think it was the last name. But really what's what's important is that you're seeing investment in rugby from people who already invest in sports locally. You know, you're not talking about outside investors. One of the great challenges is we continue to be able to find investors 
in the U.S. for the U.S. game is to be able to look locally, right, to be able to have Americans invest in it again. So it's good to be able to see that. Kudos to Old Glory DC. They certainly have picked their timing well as they are in the postseason. Uh, and what a wonderful time to be able to announce that on top of their great form right now. And uh, that is it from us here on Around the Pitch. What we're going to do in a moment is we're going to be back after a few words from one of our partners who helps us to do what we do week after week. And we thank them again and again. But when we come back, we're going to dive into the rugby rant portion of the debate. And talking about who are the best players of the MLR 2023 regular season. We'll be back. Tighthead Brewing Company is not just Chicago's premier location to watch rugby and enjoy quality ales and lagers. It is also a great place to enjoy local acts performing live music every Thursday and Saturday nights. Additionally, their Wednesday night trivia nights are something not to be missed. Tighthead is located in Mundelein, Illinois, and easily accessible for many Chicagoans, and it is just steps away from the metro. Owner Bruce Durr and the Tighthead staff are dedicated to ensure your microbrew experience is as tight as their beers. Bruce's love for rugby extends beyond the origin of his brewery's name. Tighthead is committed to supporting the rugby community. This includes his support for Lake County RFC and our own Rugby Rant podcast show. Tighthead's tap room is like the familiar rugby clubhouse in which friends and teammates can meet, socialize, and enjoy the wide variety of brews on tap. Regardless of whether your palate enjoys a good IPA or dark barrel-aged brew, Tighthead can deliver. Hey, Chicago, when you want rugby, Tighthead Brewing Company will satisfy your thirst. Tighthead, it's worth more than a try. And we're back, rugby fans, episode 141. And as we gather again, we're here to be able to talk about the 2023 regular season top picks. Now, before we dive into it, gentlemen, I want to remind folks that we're going to go around the table to hear your opinions, starting out with Mikey. We're going to move it over to Rob, and I might throw in a few interesting quids from uh, some information I've managed to be able to gather, a few stats to be able to substantiate it or to counter what they may feel. We're going to break it into two sections, the first of which is to be able to decide who they believe is the comeback kid of the MLR 2023 season, somebody who might previously have come off the bench or perhaps have been injured. And while, you know, coming back from recovery, managed to make an impact right away, it could be their decision. They can decide who it may be, but that gives you some ideas of where they may get the inspiration from. We're going to move on to the breakout player, somebody who not necessarily is a rookie, but somebody who might be new to the league uh, and make an impact right away. This could be an international, it could be somebody from a crossover athlete, it could be anything they decide, but somebody who has certainly made an impact and uh, who may be new to the league. That doesn't necessarily mean somebody brand new, which is the next one we'll be talking about is the Rookie of the Year nomination. That's one that's always exciting. I think many people are interested to hear about that. Then in the second half, we're going to be going to the familiar favorites, of best forward, best back, and then overall MVP again for the regular season that is 18 games. 
We're not counting any games that were uh, of the postseason. We'll be doing a summary later on, I assume, when it comes to that. So, gentlemen, you know the rules. You know what you need to do. We're going to start you off with the first three choices, with Mike taking the the, uh, floor here with the comeback, the breakout, and your rookie. What are they? So, for me, my comeback player is uh, – I'm going to be a homer for this – Brooklyn Hardiker, I believe, is the the comeback should be the comeback player of the year. Um, you know, a guy that was initially signed by teams in the MLR, I believe, before he you know was signed by Rugby New York. He was signed by LA, but didn't get to play a single game for LA because he had back to back ACL injuries. I believe he tore his ACL twice, you know, in a row. Um, which you know, once I've seen many a guy go, yeah, one, one ACL injury, I'm done, but you know, two and to come back and, you know, come off the bench and to play and to score tries for rugby New York that, you know, that shows some grit, some determination. So I think without a doubt, it's easy enough for me. Comeback player is uh Brooklyn Hardiker. Um, as for the breakout player, another Homer point uh, pick for me, I'm going to go with uh, Caleb Geiger. I think uh, Caleb has been kind of, a guy that's been under the surface kind of uh, mm-hmm. he is a crossover athlete. Um, didn't start playing rugby until I think two or three years ago. Uh, played for the Raptors, you know, right. then came over, played for uh, rugby, New York. He's a hooker, not the easiest position to learn. And then, you know, this season really saw that he could play, you know, hooker, tight head and loose head, right. uh, which for, to be a professional, you know, rugby player and to play all three is Almost unheard of. Um, I believe I, he was in the first 15 at least twice, I believe, this season. And I know he was also player of the week at one point. So uh, really a breakout star and hopefully a future uh, I, USA I rugby you, player. You chose a crossover athlete. Like I was kind of dripping that <laughs> in the beginning, thinking of him as an example, actually. Yeah. I, I think you know, he really I, like I think like I said I think he really you know proved himself he 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 was always under the surface and was always doing well but yeah he certainly yeah proved himself right. this year and then as for rookie I'm gonna be honest I really don't like I am a casual MLR supporter I you know I watch rugby New York games if I'm at the bar and I'm drinking uh you know a beer and I see that there's a game that pops up on my you know on my phone and says hey so so it's on um I'll, I'll tell the bar, Hey, can you put this game on? And I'll make everybody in the bar watch it. But other than that, that's very casual. casual why not? But I, I, to be honest, I don't, I don't know of a, a rookie right. to me that really, really stood out. Uh, I would yeah. say I'll go another Homer because I'll do, I'll just do my homers right now. Uh, I'd say uh, Monte Cui. Um, from, you know, rugby New York, he was stand out in, in a couple games, but there's, to me, there wasn't really, there's no one whose name really rung true as a rookie for me this, mm-hmm. this season. And, um, to that, which point becomes, I know that we need to have a rookie of, you know, it's something that professional sports do, but in the MLR, do we need to have one since we have so yeah. many imports and we are such a new league is a rookie of the year something that we need to continue. And and this is an interesting point though, because, you know, before we go on camera, just for those that are tuning in, we we often have a pre-production meeting and I asked Rob the same thing. Hey Rob, tell me the difference between this one and this one and this one in your opinion, right? 
And the rookie one is, you're right, you pointed it out. In every major sport, people look at that and they go, okay. And maybe that's because it's easy, more easily identified. It's probably, for me, one of the tougher ones to be able to choose because there's such great talent. The MLR uh, draft class is getting stronger as every year goes by. It becomes a little bit more difficult. Um, and I'm not going to share who I think probably might be my pick because I want to be able to hear from Rob first. But let's start it off again right from the top with you, Rob. Thank you. So I'm going to go come back. First of all, let me just say uh, I'm not a homer. Uh, I, I don't uh, focus well, on Well, now you home. have two homes and rugby. It's not fair. Yeah. But uh, I tried to spread it around a little bit. Again, thinking about the fact that you have 12 teams engaged in an 18-week season. So I'm going to start first with my comeback player here. If I have a homer, it's probably this one, only because this guy is in front of the show. Comeback player for me is John Wayne Cullen. Why? Mm-hmm. He was called into service. Uh, four or five weeks into the season. Right. He had been basically coaching, playing a little bit in Des Moines, Iowa, jumps right in, comes in again, five weeks in, he gets stuck in and almost immediately he is playing quality minutes. And then shortly thereafter is actually starting at the second row position. Um, He was uh, in 10 appearances which were all 10 of the, the you know, games that he was available for. Uh, right. He scored a try, solidified the line out a bit for a team that at the time he joined in was struggling a little bit to find its line, you know, set piece and line out identity. Uh, identity. Keep in mind, he's been out of the game for at least two seasons. He had played in Utah before. So for a guy to kind of go to normal life and then come back to professionalism is 31. Uh, he is hardly a kid, as Ty talked about, but – um, certainly, I think, deserving of the honor. My breakout player goes to Joel Hodson. You know, you got to remember that in 2022 season, Utah was 5-11, and 11, struggling uh, mightily. Uh, and Joel came in this season. They were 10-6, and six, just missed the playoffs. Um, and it was the Hounds that knocked them out. But they doubled their win record. And I can't help but to think that Joel Hodgson and and by by de facto his his number nine par- pairing Connor McLeod did a hell of a job too. But 111 points in 15 matches, um, he was third overall in the league. Four tries, 15 penalties, 21 conversions, 5,806 kicking meters, which was first in the league. This guy shows up at the top of the stat sheet, particularly on the flyouts. Scored an incredibly tr- incredible try. Uh, it was the rugby. Um, oh shoot! There's a, a a group that does that breaks down play by plays. It's not rugby bricks. Um, it's the the rugby coach or something like that. Yeah. And they 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 uh, di- diagram this play, and he just he he made. Are you talking about the contact coach? Yeah, contact coach. Thank you. Yeah, contact yeah. coach broke down a play that he scored on. It was a, a, a try that I watched and went, yeah, that was tight. Yeah. All yeah. right. And then um, finally, my rookie of the year, and and I disagree. I think he got to do a rookie of the year. Uh, we're seeing the prem actually talk about a no, you know, promotion or relegation, but they're also now talking about draft. Um, you know, James uh, Haskell has been talking about doing the draft in the prem, and I think it's a recognition of American players for the most part, or guys yeah. starting off in college and coming. And then to all league. you need to do is explain what it is to every Brit, like you had to to me. And, and that's uh, okay. They're <laughs> adopting, adopting our draft, so they'll figure out eventually. But Sam Gala, 
uh, from the Dallas Jackals. Right. 16 appearances, 17 points, three tries. Of course, one of those tries was in between the sticks, so he gets credit for seven points here. That's how I figured out he came up with 17 points rather than 15. He was number four in tackles, guys, uh, with 213 tackles, I think, just prior to the game um, on, the, on week 18. Yeah, keep in mind who he's comp- you know, who are previous winners, Alex Lopetti and Andrew Guerra, both of whom appeared in the USA jersey on the heels of the, actually, Lopetti appeared before he was in the MLR. But, you know, both these guys were eagle quality, right? Um, and uh, what do we see? Uh, Sam Gala is actually named in the, uh, was it the 40, the training squad. 54 man roster. And, and I expect to see him be in the, in the 32 man roster come this fall, because, you know, we are starving for actual locks in the right. American uh, Eagles in the U S Eagles. Rob, I'm going to give you a three out of three uh, because I actually had, and it's no jokes. I had all those names listed by way of my own choice for John Cullen, as I kind of alluded to yeah. uh, beforehand. So no surprise there, Sam Gola for sure. Uh, who, by the way, I think in addition to your amazing stats, great job there again, uh, Rob, always Johnny on the spot with the great uh, uh, you know, validation through actual facts. Um, but I'm, I might be corrected, but I think he's also one of two rookies this year that actually started 16 games yeah. uh, in the MLR, which uh, yep. the other one is Colin Gross. So yeah. significant game time for a rookie. And when we think back of other candidates for this, uh, Mooneyham, um, right, right. you know, all great similarities. And the, the one key factor is they were professional rugby ready out of uh, college, right from the get-go. Um, and, and that, to me, certainly puts you on the radar as being a rookie. It doesn't matter if it's five games, ten games, you know, maybe you're injured somewhere along the way. But if you're rugby ready at this level, straight out of the gates, you're on that list. Yep. Um Hodgson in between, um, absolutely good picks all around. You substantiated it through great facts and evidence. Um, I want to be able to give a shout out while we're on the stats and stuff to James Dealey. If you're not already a fan of what he does online, you should be. You don't need to be that deep into it to be able to recognize uh, the achievements of these players. And he helps you do that by bringing all that information to you in an easy to understand, concise manner week after week. So shout out to James for also giving me a little bit of helping hand to be able to find find some of these stats um, and we'll continue to be able to share that in a moment. But gentlemen, let's turn our attention to the next three picks, best forward, best back, and then overall MVP. So we're going to hand it back to you, Mike, to be able to jump into these. So for me forward, I had to go West coast, uh, Riker had again. Um, I think it is my, my forward of, you know, the year is, um, I believe he was number three in try scored. Um, he was producer, so great producer on offense, leader on defense. You know, captain of the Sea Wolves. Kind of, you know, they made the you know the championship game last year, but it still wasn't the best season. They, but they really turned things around this season, you could say. And you know, it was on you know his shoulders. So certainly um, great on him for you know leading you know the Sea Wolves back into you know the promised land of the playoffs. Um, as for back. Uh, Paul Bellicana uh, from 
New England. I cringe to say that. Um, <laughs> just, just <laughs> New guy. Side. It's like uh, swallowing a bitter pill, isn't it, Mikey? Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but, you know, certainly an amazing producer on um, on offense for them and certainly an amazing weapon for them that has led to uh, their increased success this year. And so, you know, Certainly, you know, New England has a lot of weapons, but he, you know, he stands out as the weapon that they certainly had for them. Um, so a great job on him for doing that. And then my MVP was Joaquin Diaz Bonilla um, from Old Glory. Uh, when I think of MVP, it's a guy that kind of completes a team and, you know, puts stuff around him. Uh, he's that, that, that one key piece. Uh, it seems like the past couple of years, you know, Old Glory's been missing that one thing. And whether it was, you know, Joaquin or wasn't, he certainly came in this year, was able to distribute, um, kept them in close with his kicking. Um, so I, I think that, you know, for, for me, may not be, the, you know, the best player, not leading the charts in, you know, points, tries, mm-hmm. but, you know, consistent, played well. It allowed for his team uh, to stay in the games and is now in the playoffs. And that's the, the great time, thing so. about rugby, though, is like you can't necessarily quantify by uh, points alone the contribution of a player in rugby, right? And, and much like many other physical sports, too. But if you often do your job very well, you might not realize how great a job that person's doing. You know, a great example is the the, the underrated uh, nature of the type five and their importance. Now, yeah. as the years have gone by, we've now become aware of how technical some of these jobs really are. But do they get the glory? Not always, right? But you highlight, you know, these players and these moments in between who are more than just their contribution to the scoreboard. I like that there very, very, very much. And a lot of interesting names there. I'm, I'm glad to be able to see you stepped away. You forced yourself yeah. to include the Free Jacks there and, and Old Glory. It hurt, but, you know, it, it hurt. But to be honest, you, you've got to, you know, you got to give credit where credit's due. Um, right. And, you know, all these guys played incredibly well. Yeah, exactly. And that's the reason they're on your list. And I thank you for that. Rob, what do you have to share? So it's interesting, uh, Mikey, I got to commend you. Reichert Hatting, um, I, I think he missed like six or seven games in spite of that fact he's third in the list in tries. And I, I think he would have been on my list had he played a complete season. It was just hard for me to justify having him on there in any way, either as MVP or, or, or forward, just because he's out of service, although he's up in the box helping the – if you watch the games, he's up in the box helping uh, the um, um, uh, coaching staff. Um, but – you know, what's interesting about my list is, yes, there are guys on on my list of these three that come from programs or teams of pedigree. Uh, interestingly, um, San Diego doesn't have anybody on any of my lists. And neither of your lists so far. Yeah, yeah uh, any of my lists. Uh, and it's I think it's just because they're such a complete team. Like there's some guys that mm-hmm. just can be moved in and out of their team and they don't miss a beat, which is a credit to the organization. So if you know, I imagine if they win, if they go on and win the shield, um, they would be the team of the year. But we'll see you what know, happens. Here. Rob, before you jump of any farther into that, I'll jump in just on San Diego. And, and I will give a notable player mention. Yeah. Augsburger, right? Traditional oh, sure. you know, at nine. Sure. Here he's moved out onto the wing. And I think he scored like six tries this season or something. You yeah. know, 
so you know there there are some 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 standout players, but it's so hard when all of the players are at that level to be able to pick right. out one. Right. Um, but your best forward, your best back, yeah. and your MVP. Let's hear it. So my best forward is Wayne Conradi from uh, New England. Uh, Thirteen we're four now. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> five tries, twenty-five points. Number uh, fifth in tackles with one hundred ninety-two, and that was prior to the evening's game on uh, week eighteen. Uh, number one in uh, carries with 178. I mean, what more do you want from a back row forward when you've got the defense and the offensive weapon? That's what you look for is this guy that can do it all, mm-hmm. that can both be a defensive jugger, uh, sorry, offensive juggernaut and just a defensive stalwart. Um, he ironically, we found out yesterday that New England actually awarded him. I think he was the player of the year for the team. Uh, so I actually selected him prior right. to that, just for the record. Uh, best back, it's got to be Joe Mano. Um, number one in tries with 14. Number one in meters carried with six, uh, 1,602. This is prior to the San Diego match. Um, number 10 in points with uh, 70. Uh, and let's see, um, he he scored in 10 of the 14 matches he appeared in. He scored tries. Right, so the guy is a consistent try score. Try score. He had he had three matches where he had multiple tries. One with uh, a, he had two brace of try games, and he had uh, one hat trick. Um, but it just shows you his consistency throughout the season. He just didn't score him in bunches. He was consistently scoring them throughout the season. Uh, so I got to give it to Joe Mano again. You know they flipped their their fortunes around. Just came up a little shy of the playoffs, ten and six, uh, doubled their their win total, and it's it's got to be a credit to him. Um, watch him in person. He's just electric. All right. So MVP candidate. This one was a tough one. A lot of guys came through my mind, but for me, the MVP is a guy that just makes the, it's not necessarily a try score, not necessarily a guy like Nate scores, a, scores some tries, but this is a guy that makes the team tick, that makes the team run. And for me, um, there's, it, it was Jason Potros from New England. Why? Well, think about who won this last year. I'm starting to think we got we got we we're like we copied our notes from somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> right. So think about who won it last year. It was Bowden Walker. Well, Bowden Walker doesn't join the team until I think week 13, mm. and they slide him in at 15, yeah. not at 10. He had some amazing shoes to fill. I mean, the MVP of the league last year, he has to fill those shoes. What do they do? He fills them brilliantly, right? Mm-hmm. Which is a tall order. And and then and I, I think purposely they don't put Waka at ten because you know they they were clicking. You don't change that kind of chemistry, right? In spite of you know who you're bringing in, but hundred and uh, I think thirty five, thirty three points in fifteen matches, which was number one, number five in kicking meters with three thousand five hundred fifty five two tries, eleven penalties and forty four conversions. Uh, I mean, this guy was at the top of that of that sheet, so I think. You know, I know Mikey's cringing and crying right now, but you got to give credit to credit was due. They've had a hell of a run, and let's see if they finish it out this season there in Chicago. And and on that note, diving off that platform that you that you gave me there, I give credit where credit's due. Um, I want to say that I got a lot of help to be able to come to these conclusions with the help of James Dealey. If you're not already following him online, you could do so under the handle at MLR Stats. Um, and, of course, you can get them through Instagram and social media circles there. Um, Rob, I don't know if we – maybe this is your secret. Has your secret always been that you've had James in your back corner? Because <laughs> no, every single one, and sure. even your quotes, <laughs> like, yeah. I like it. But 
you know, this is the thing, though, is we, we were in the same circles. We end up talking about the same players. And when you do that, and if it's, you know, out of context, it, we're talking about rugby players, significant contributions, all these things that we helped identify these guys here, and the same names keep popping up, that's when you know that that has to be somebody that is, you know, a top pick. You know, if Conradi comes up for meters gain and people talk about the work ethic and talk about that, and then you have several people in the same rugby circles, especially the higher and more profile of that rugby circle is, and the same names keep coming up, those are the names that need to be recognized. And that's what this is all about. And for those people who are tuning in at home, like Mikey may have said, hey, I'm going to catch a rugby game as, as often as I can, but I might not know every guy out there. Well, now we just highlighted a few important ones for you to pay attention to, many of which are going to be in this postseason run, many of which might be in that MLR final. And the one great thing that I love about American sports is that they know how to make sure that you connect with the players and follow them. And through them, you'll learn about rugby, the sport as a whole, and the teams in particular, because that's what it's all about here, folks. We on the Rugby Rant are just one medium to be able to bring the game that we also love together through combined joy of the sport. So we aim to do everything here to be able to help you as a rugby fan. And gentlemen, you've done that for everybody here. Now, now, Ty, I want to jump in for just a moment. Uh, Ty always says this at the end of each production, you know, <laughs> go down, comment, uh, tell us what you think. Don't be shy. Don't be afraid. We invite fans. I mean, Mikey has been a reoccurring character, and I do mean character, yep. on our show, you know, consistently. But we love to get new blood in here, so don't be afraid. Right. If you've got strong opinions, reach out mm -hmm. to us. We want people who have different perspectives, especially representing teams like we don't have fans that have represented us from Chicago. I mean, Liz Hallcraft was just on last week, I think, or two weeks from ago Seattle. from Seattle. It's the first time we've had somebody from Seattle. We need to get some Utah folks on here. It's been a while. Um, so, uh, uh, you know, join us. But most importantly, tell us your thoughts in the comments. I want to hear what everybody else is thinking. You agree, disagree? What are you thinking on some of these? Give us some feedback. I want to know because – it's just fun debate. We may disagree, but damn it, if we're talking about rugby, we agree on one thing, and that is we love this game. Amen. And I, and and Mikey's been on the show so much. I can say that Mikey's going to send a shout out to old uh, old breed rugby. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but but all jokes aside, though, Mikey, you have always been a great <laughs> guest to us. You're obviously mm. a tremendous lover of the game, um, and it shows in everything that you do. And again, it's been an honor to be able to have you with us. And again, it won't be your last time. Uh, and thank you for standing in on behalf of Scott, the big guy himself, who you know you'll get to be able to see week after week as we continue to do what we do here on the Rugby Rant week after week. And you can continue to enjoy this content by following us under the handle at Rugby Rant Pod on all our social media platforms. In addition to catching us in audio form and any of the major platforms, you choose to consume your podcasts. And of course, finally, not last but not least, the home of Major League Rugby, the Rugby Network, where we'll be continuing to share our episodes like this week after week, with your help and the help of our partners. So uh, in a final summation here, you have your top picks. There were six names shared. 
Will they be on that list come the end of the season? We don't know. <laughs> Pay attention to it, and we encourage you to tell us whether you think we're on par, way off base, and who your suggestions might have been by following us under the handle at Rugby Red Pod. Gentlemen, another great episode in the bank. Well done. Thank you for your time and your support. And to the fans at home, we'll catch you at the next. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.